now proud partner of the Clydesdale Media. This is the Type 1 Lifting Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Type 1 Lifting Podcast. I have um, a very interesting guest. I've actually followed him on uh, Craig Ritchie's you know, YouTube vlog. Uh, it's CrossFit athlete Drew Wayman. How's it going? Good, man. How are you? Good, good. First of all, I want to congratulate you on your engagement. <laughs> thank, thank you very much. So, thank you, thank you. So how long have you guys been dating? We So we got engaged on our eight-year anniversary. So we started dating senior year of high school. And I've been together ever since then. Yeah. So what, how did you guys, how did you propose to her? So we spent the day going all over Cincinnati to like significant locations that have meaning in our relationship. Like we went to our high school where we started dating, like our first apartment together, things like that. And at each spot, I gave her like a photo of us from that time. And then we went to the last spot, which was a big overlook over all of downtown Cincinnati. And I gave her the last photo and then asked, asked her to marry me there. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. So do, yeah. you, so do, you, have a, do you have a wedding date at all? Or? We actually just set one. Yeah. So it's, it's December 3rd of next year. Very cool. Very yeah. Cool. We, we finally got one booked. It was quite the, the process trying to find one next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when, when my wife and I got married, it was like almost impossible finding a venue because like everything was taken and it's super frustrating. And then like, you're like, oh, let's pick the food out. And you're like. I don't know if I want this. I don't know if like, it's, it's a whole, and then like with the wedding gifts and stuff like that, when you guys like pick your wedding gifts, just kind of take it as a grain of salt. Cause I, like both of us got pretty frustrated, like picking stuff out. I'm like, Oh, well we should get this. (laughs) No, I don't want that. You know? And then like, she's like, Oh, what about this? I'm like, no, I I don't think it's a good idea. So yeah. uh, Yeah. My, my goal is to let her do the most, most of the picking. And then if there's things that I feel like I really need, I'll, you know, chime in there, but she's really good with knowing what we need. So I'm, I'm not too stressed about it. <laughs> yeah. And just wait after the wedding, everyone's going to be asking you when you're having kids. Yeah. Uh, my, my term is we're pushing that off as long as possible. <laughs> yep. I'm still not done yep. with school. So the thought of having kids at this point is like, that's very far off. <laughs> yeah, we, we, my wife and I pushed it back to, I was like 35 when we had our first, no, 34 when I, we had our first kid. And I was like, that's perfectly fine. Cause I, I couldn't imagine yeah. being in my early twenties, like late twenties, like having a, having a kid. No, there's no chance. Yeah. We'll probably be around that same time frame if I had to guess. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. But like, just, yeah. um, just be on the work. Just, just heads up that you're going to, everyone and their mother's going to ask you right after the wedding. It's, it's, <laughs> but, um, I'll come up with a standardized answer for everyone. I guess. Ask them, like, when are you having a kid? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I, I know you're going to school for uh, being a doctor for physical therapy. So what, what made you, what made you get into that? Um, I kind of just fell into it, to be completely honest with you. I started my undergrad. I went to school for business and it was a nightmare. Like I absolutely hated it. So I made it through, I think, a semester of business school. And then I quit that and was just like searching for anything that I thought I would find more interesting. And obviously I loved working out and I loved weightlifting and like all of that stuff. But I didn't see like a, a long-term future, just doing something like personal training or getting a degree in just exercise science. I was looking for something that I could just, you know, do more with. And so someone mentioned physical therapy and that most of it is just, you know, exercise movement. And I thought that was really cool. And so without really knowing what physical therapy really was like all right, let's just jump on this like the undergrad degree is exercise and movement which is something that i know that i like and then hopefully in four years when i graduate with that degree i'm still interested in it and then i can go and pursue physical therapy at that time <laughs> and that's kind of what happened so I'm, I'm truly very lucky that i ended up choosing that path and then finding something that i do enjoy <clears throat> very cool so how does it feel now you can officially poke and prod people <laughs> it's it, it's nice you know um it's it, we call it pt we call always patients always ask like sometimes like what, what does that mean i'm like it's, it's pain and torture like we're just going to make you hurt in order to make you better you'll be fine just put up 
very cool. So, um, how many more do you, so you have like a residence residency or like where you, where are you at through the whole process of, uh, finishing? Yeah. So grad school in itself for physical therapy is three years long. The way that my program does it is a little unique. We do the first two, two years are just straight in school education. And then our final third year is just spent on clinical rotations. Very cool. So right now I'm at the start of my third of four rotations. So in May, I'll actually graduate. So I have to finish up this rotation, which is about like eight more weeks. And then I have another 10 week one after this, and then I'll be done. Very cool. So what, what are your plans after you graduate and everything? Are you looking to start your own practice or what, what are you looking to do? Long term, um, yeah, I would love my own like cash based PT practice. And I would really like to do it like out of CrossFit gyms initially, just trying to like get my foot in the door, get exposure to more people, things like that. And then when we end up landing wherever we'll be like to start a family, things like that, I'll more than likely open my own clinic that way. Uh, it would just kind of seem silly to me to actually open, you know, a, a clinic or an actual location somewhere where we end up moving two years later. Like it's just the work there wouldn't be worth that. Um, so I'm hoping I can just kind of hop around in whatever area we are in, um, build up clientele that way, and then just practice independently. Right. So, are you looking, so are you looking to get out of the Ohio area or just look, what are your options you thinking? Yeah. So actually when I graduate, my fiance will end up going on her, basically her rotations for school. And that's more than likely going to move us out east towards like Maryland, Boston area, somewhere over there. Um, so we'll go over there. I'll probably end up working in just like an outpatient clinic, at least part time and then trying to do my own thing on the side that way. Um, but then after that, she really wants to end up in Boston, at least for a few years. So after that next year, we'll go to Boston, spend a few years. Maybe that ends up being our long-term spot, but when we end up having a family and stuff, odds are we probably come back to Cincinnati and then I'll kind of make my business roots here okay. at that point. Well, if yeah. you have any questions about Boston, that's where I'm originally from. So I, I, can, oh, awesome. I can definitely help right. you out with that. So, um, awesome, awesome. So you talked about CrossFit earlier. So when did you get, I know, I know, um, I was reading, I was doing some homework on you. I know you've been a, pretty much a soccer player your whole, pretty much your whole life till your freshman year of college. So when, Correct, did, yeah. when did CrossFit come about? So CrossFit came about pretty much exactly when soccer stopped. <clears throat> At the first university I went to to play soccer was Ohio Northern, like a really small D3 school. Uh, went up there really much specifically for soccer. Didn't really have much interest in the school other than that. Yeah. Unfortunately, soccer ended up not working out. So, you know, I was stuck up there going, all right, like, now what? It's a school in the middle of a cornfield. There's nothing to do. Like, I need something if soccer's not here. And fortunately, they had a really small CrossFit club. Um, and so I just kind of got started with that and fell in love at that point. Very cool. Now, and I know you went to University of Cincinnati after. Um, and sure. did, like, I don't know if I read it right, but you started to, like another club in University of Cincinnati? Yeah, I did. So um, after leaving Ohio Northern my freshman year, transferred to UC, closer to home, bigger school, just had more opportunities. Um, but they did not have a CrossFit club. And I was like, if this small D3 school has a CrossFit club, like this giant university, like there should be some kind of club here for CrossFit. And at the time, there really wasn't. So I ended up kind of pairing up with um, some guys who – became pretty good friends of mine and they also did CrossFit and we're like, let's make this a real thing. So we went and just talked with like club sports board and filed all the paperwork we needed to file and started the club. Yeah. Very cool. And so do, were you the person that was like running the programs? Like, did you guys need insurance? Like how, how where were the, where were the processes to actually get it going? Yeah. So it was a little bit easier for us because like all the insurance and nuances with that stuff went through the university. So as long as we established ourselves as a legitimate good standing club with the university, all that was covered and we didn't have to deal with any of that. Um, there were like finances and things that we had to take care of, but we allocated a treasurer and that guy was really good at math. So we let him <laughs> deal with all that stuff. Um, 
but we did it out of the same gym I actually currently go to now. It's called CrossFit Soto, which is, it's pretty close to the university itself. So it was really easy to get people to commute down to the actual gym. So that way, basically we were just in charge of getting everyone together and kind of making a community out of it rather than having to deal with like programming and any of that kind of stuff. So it was really our, our deal was just get people exposed to CrossFit. Very cool. And now, now you're a coach, now you're a coach there. So how, how, mm-hmm. that, how has that been for you? It's been good. Um, becoming a coach was massively helpful for me, just getting outside of my comfort zone, like especially in translating into like physical therapy and stuff, like just being a presence in front of a crowd of people or even an individual and just being comfortable explaining movement and just become being comfortable being yourself, you know, in front of other people. Like it's been, it's been massively helpful. Um, and especially we have such a good community at that gym that it's just been, it's been great to grow through coaching and then grow as an athlete and just become more involved with everyone there. Very cool. So what, what's, what's your style of coaching? Do you have like a, like a special way compared to like anybody else that does it? <laughs> Probably not. I, um, <laughs> it's probably changed over the years too. Like, I mean, when I started coaching, I knew CrossFit movements pretty well, but I mean, I don't want to hate on the L1. I mean, they basically just teach you, this is how you do 47 movements and we have two days to teach it to you. And so you kind of come into coaching with not a huge education or a huge background and how to actually coach movement and so when i first started it was more about just like morale of the gym and like let's get everyone excited and here we're going to go through xyz and i'm going to make sure no one gets hurt and so over the years now i was like with all my education through physical therapy like my style of coaching is more of like you guys know how to do all this stuff i'm going to go around everyone and just give everyone little tidbits on like how they can do these tiny little things better and it's more for me it's just like a physical therapy all right gives me time to experience and like experiment with people and how to like implement physical therapy things into crossfit specific movements mm-hmm. um so it's definitely changed over the years very cool very cool so um when did you see yourself kind of realizing like hey i could i could probably do something with crossfit like when like everyone you probably were like beating everybody <laughs> in the class at all or like what what was happening like on the competitive side of things yeah <clears throat> That's a good question. Um, I mean, I got to be honest. There, there was never like a really a moment where I was like, I think I can do this. Um, like the first year I qualified for regionals in 2018, I had zero expectation of being able to actually qualify. Um, the year leading up to that, I had actually started following CompTrain and – so I was like amping up volume and things like this, but I was kind of like going into it with like a two year plan in mind. So I was like 18, like there's, there's no way, like I didn't have no chance I'm going to be good enough to qualify for regionals this year, the year after maybe I'll have a shot. And so I just, I mean, did the right stuff, you know, increased intensity, increased volume and the open and 18 rolled around. And I was just like, Holy crap. Like how did that happen? I truly had no expectation of making that happen. And so just, I guess at that point I was like, okay, like maybe, maybe I can do this if I didn't expect to be here and I got here. Very cool. Very cool. And I I know that I think it was in 2019, the, um, what was it called? Uh, Strength and depth. You were like a couple points off of getting, making it to the games. Yeah. 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 Came down to three seconds. (laughs) Yeah. So have you, Obviously, like that's like a huge learning point to you. I, I, I you know, I guess. So, like, yeah. what, what did you, what, what came out of that when you lost by like three seconds? Attention to detail was the big thing. Like event execution. Over the course of that weekend, in particular, like I just made a ton of mistakes. You know, and they're not like, like huge things that cost me tons of points here and there, but I ended up you know, not making it to the games, but I think it was like six points, just one placement in one event over seven events, you know, like that's, that's nothing. Over the course of that weekend, there were times where like, 
you know, I just broke up sets when I didn't need to, or I just like moving implements, you know, because we always have to move stuff on the floor, like fumbling with things or forgetting I had to move it and then going back and moving it and go to the next thing. Like it's just stuff like that, like very little things you don't have to think about unless you are specifically competing. You know, there's really to train that without just exposure to those things. And so it was just came down to like, I have to pay attention to all those little things. And as I prepare for competitions, like set things up in the gym for just basic workouts, almost like I was going to be on a competition floor just so that I know like, all right, finish the movement, move this cone, go back to the next movement, like just, just stuff like that. Yeah. Very cool. Now, did you have a coach down like over there while you were, while you were uh, working out or at the competition? Uh, for strength and depth, I did not have a coach over there. I had at that time, I think I had just started working with a coach. I think that was the first competition I did where I had a coach. Yeah. Yeah. Cause a lot of Palooza before that I did not. And then I connected with Amanda Barnhart after Wada Palooza. And then I started working with her coach at that time. Very cool. Yeah. So, um, Obviously, I've seen you in Amanda Barnhart's videos too. So what is it like <clears throat> training with her? Uh, it's a beatdown. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't win a lot of workouts. Um, yeah, I was really lucky. I, when we connected at first, I think I was at like the end of my undergrad. So I wasn't really – school was pretty simple at that time. So I pretty much was full-time training with her, which was just a great experience to get exposure to, you know, what it takes to be a top level games athlete. And I learned a, a ton from her. Um, and it was also great just building a great, you know, friendship out with that as well. Um, but yeah, she's e extremely fit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, have you learned anything or has she like giving like a little bit of tips here and there just to kind of help out with your process of like becoming a better CrossFit athlete? Yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of it is like, you know, mindset things of like focusing on the things you can control and, and stuff like that. Or, I mean, even just having her eyes on me during workouts of like ways or techniques I can do things better or faster, especially like on the weightlifting side, like she's obviously a tank when it comes to that. And yeah. that's more of my weakness. So like, it was nice having her as well as my coach watching me pretty much all the time saying like, Hey, try this, do this, change this. <clears throat> Very cool. So what is, do you get like nervous at all? Like when they record you, you know, during like a workout be like, Hey, you know, you may want to like aim it over here a little bit instead of me. It's like, what, 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 like, do you, does that like mess with your head at all? Honestly, not really. No, it's all, that's for whatever reason, always been pretty comfortable. Like it's just kind of, for me, it was always fun. You know, it was just like, it was felt like an honor to be a part of that stuff, you know? Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, and it's, and it's pretty cool. I mean, for me, it's kind of cool seeing yourself like, Hey, like I'm in this video and you can see me there and it's just like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm that guy in the background. Look yeah. at watch, 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 watch. Yeah, it's me. Hey, this me. Look, 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 just don't look at her. Just look at me. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> very, very cool. So, um, so with, with the next, you know, you're in school and stuff like that. So have you have any plans at all uh, for, you know, working with, I know Amanda's up in New England. Do you have like any plans of like going up there for a little while to train with them or what's, what's the process that you're thinking of? Uh, no, I have no plans to do that actually. Um, after Granite Games this last year, I actually started following Hard Work Pays Off Matt's mm -hmm. program. So I've actually not been following CompTrain for the last six ish months um it just kind of didn't seem like the best fit for me anymore i felt like i was at a point where the past several competitions i had pretty much placed in the exact same spot over and over and over again and i just was looking to change things to see if i could make anything help and so the kind of out of contact with comp train you know minus talking to amanda here or there but yeah, there's really, really no plans to head up there anytime soon. Yeah. So are, are you looking to do any, any uh, camps with Hard Work Pays Off? You know, if I got invited to, that would be sweet. <laughs> yeah. so, um, so I'm sorry. So like out of all the programs, like I know you did comp training, but like what was the reason why Hard Work Pays Off was like, all right, I, I got it. I think this is the one for me. Uh, you know, so before joining, I actually – 
just kind of took a shot and I messaged Matt on Instagram and was like, Hey, like I'm kind of looking to change programs. And it was at the point where he had not actually launched his yet. And so we didn't really have any information on what it was going to look like. And so I just asked him like, can you give me like just a really basic rundown? Cause I'm looking for something new. And he pretty much just kind of outlined the whole thing for me of like what areas of focus will be and how things will change over the course of the season. And it's, extremely tailored towards the things that I struggle with. Um, and so I was like, you know what, like I'm going to be extremely limited on time moving forward. And if this program is going to focus on the things that I really need to work on so that I don't have to really think about changing things or like figuring out what I'm missing in my program, I'm just going to go all in on this and see where it takes me. Very cool. So um, obviously I know you have a busy schedule. So how do you manage, you know, schooling, coaching, you know, family life and training at the same time. It's challenging. <laughs> um, I, I The biggest thing is like right now, like I don't coach really much at all just because I mean, there's literally not enough hours in the day, which is unfortunate, but it was kind of a necessary cut. Um, I'm, you know, working basically 40 hours a week. I work four tens every week. So I have three days where I'm not working. So those three days are basically prioritizing training days. So those are like my, my big days. And then there's two days a week where I train after work. And those are pretty much like, I give it the best I can, but after working a 10 hour shift, it's like, I'm happy if I can get one solid workout in and then just like struggle through another hour, maybe of other stuff. Like, just the energy levels at that point are so low that like, I just, it's doing literally whatever I can and just being happy with giving my best effort, which has been something I've been struggling with, you know, like going from having three and a half, four hours every single day, you know, to work out to like being minimized to, you know, sometimes an hour and a half and just learning to be okay and being happy with that is like, it's been, it's been tough, but making it work. So when, when did you realize like, Hey, you know, this is going to be happening for like, you know, small hours or like smaller workouts, you know, obviously like, you know, I can, I can imagine you were being like really pissed. So when, when did the realization be like, Hey, you know, this is perfectly okay. Did, did someone talk to you about it or did it, you know, naturally come in your head at all? No, I mean, I haven't, I haven't really come to terms with it yet <laughs> to be totally honest with you. <laughs> You could ask my fiance. It's pretty much there's a, there's a once a week meltdown that happens because it just doesn't feel like I'm doing enough ever. And then even though I'm doing you know the best I can, it doesn't feel like it's enough, you know. But just the process of coming to terms with like you, I can't change anything, you know. I'm trying to dot my eyes and cross my t's the best I can, but there's really not much else I can change. You know, I'm giving it everything I got on the days where I'm not at work. And then the days when I do, it's do the best I can there as well. But like, I don't, it'll be interesting with Wallace coming up, just seeing how well I perform there with how much my hours in the gym have changed. And like, although my hours have changed, the focus has been more specifically on stuff I need to improve. So I'm just really curious to see what ends up happening with that because like normally I go into competition and I feel like I've everything has gotten better from competition to competition but like going into Wadapalooza like this week I started running again I haven't run for like six months because I'm like that is the thing that I feel I am the best at in CrossFit so I'm not going to touch that you know so I've been tinkering with it a little bit so so there's some familiarity going into Wadapalooza but it's like I'm totally in the dark of like, is that now a weakness? Cause I haven't touched it in so long or am I okay there? And I've still improved on everything else because I've been prioritizing that stuff. So like, I feel like I'm the most in the dark going into a competition than I have been since like reached my first regionals. I literally have no clue where my fitness stacks up with everyone else right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least the good thing is you have muscle memory for running. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> doing it for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, you've been playing soccer, so you run, so you know, and like you can kind of. I mean, I believe you can kind of gauge on like what what the pace that you can handle before like blowing up or whatnot. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, there, there's a big part of that. Like, it does feel very natural, and I feel like I am very good at gauging like how hard can I go for how long, things like that. But I mean, just in the past, like even though I did feel that way i'd still spent so many hours doing just running like when a run would pop up in a competition i was like all right sweet this is the top five you know there was no doubt in my mind like at all that i would go top five in an event like that or even take it but now i'm like i, I have no idea what's gonna happen so i mean that might be a good thing it could be a good thing i mean it really could be like it could show me that maybe I don't need to do it really ever and I'll still be good enough at it because I've done it for so many years. And then it can just allocate literally every second of my time towards the stuff I need to. So yeah, it'll be a good learning experience for sure. Yeah. So what are, what are the weak? Well, if you don't mind me asking, what are the weaknesses you're yeah. working on? Um, Olympic weightlifting has been huge. Um, and then just heavy strength cycles going through, so the past six months, I think I've done two back squat cycles and a deadlift cycle and like a heavy strict press cycle as well. And all my numbers have gone up, which has been really cool because I, I really haven't spent time doing very specific like heavy cycles like that in I mean, years. Like comp training just doesn't really operate that way. No. There is more of like lift on the minute like conditioning weightlifting stuff, whereas like the way Matt programs, he's like, dude, you're going to do three squats. You're going to rest for five minutes before you do your next set. Like it's very much tailored towards just like power output. And that's been something that has been, been huge for me so far. <clears throat> yeah. I, I followed comp train for a little while too, like roughly about like a year. And then I, I went back to Misfit Athletics cause I've been doing their program for quite a while. And they're, they're all about like just heavy lifting. And which is which is good because like obviously me being an older individual being 42 like my number I've, I've i haven't hit like i've this is the most i've ever lifted ever for like olympic weightlifting for both the snatch and the clean and jerk and it's just like this should be like the opposite it should be like i'd be going down in weight not going up yeah, yeah right but, right and it's, it's amazing and like i've you know i managed to talk to them especially me being a taller individual you know, like yourself, but I got, I got a couple more inches on you. So I'm like six, six. So, <laughs> yeah. You, you are a lot taller than I am. Yeah, so, uh, but I mean, at least, you know, I mean, their, their squat cycles are really good and they're, you know, their lifting stuff is amazing. So mm-hmm. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to promote it to you, but I'm like, obviously Matt's, <laughs> Matt's is really good because I've, I've seen his stuff on the buttery bros YouTube videos and he knows his stuff and he's yeah. well-versed in everything. All right. Yeah. So, uh, so with with the Wadapalooza, what are you looking to do? Like, any you're looking to do any comps, like anything for the rest of the year at all, or other than Wadapalooza, that'll probably be it until the open. Um, it was a bit of a stretch for me to get time off just to go compete at Wadapalooza. Didn't make my program super happy, um, so that'll pretty much be it until the open. Yeah. Yeah. So do you like the three workouts instead of the five? For the open? Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yes. Big time. I think for the high level athlete, it's great because you can pretty much distinguish who needs to go through in three workouts, especially with them taking 10%. Like you don't need five in order to make that decision. So it just it reduces stress on us, which is great. And then I think as far as the community goes, like no one cares after three workouts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you watch the drop off in participation. It's like people are just over it. You know, over a month of focusing on that, like they just don't care. So I think three weeks is a super sweet spot, and it, it makes it a better experience for everyone. Yeah, and I do, and I do like the ten percent thing too, because then you have like you know the average gym goers going in and saying, Hey, I made it to the top 10%, which is like, yeah. you know, pretty cool. And it's just a good for the community. Cause they can have somebody to cheer on, you know, instead of like, you know, yeah. a, an absolute stud and they're like, all right, we already know he's going to, you know, make it through the open, but like, you know, 
you know, Mary just made it with like, you know, she was like the last one to make it to the top 10%. How cool is that? So let's cheer her on for like the next couple workouts. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, it lets, it pretty much gives every single gym an opportunity to have someone go through, yeah. you know, so every gym has the opportunity to cheer someone on at that next level, which is awesome. And then it's just great because if there are people who do want to keep training for competition specifically, like it gives them a taste of, Hey, this is what it feels like to qualify. This is what it feels like for pressure to increase. This is what it's like when the workouts actually get harder after the open, you know? So it's just, it's a great learning experience for athletes. It's great for the community. It's, I think the format is perfect. Yeah. Truly. If, if I made it to the 10%, I, those pistols would have just buried me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pistol. Well, we can we can just take pistols out of CrossFit in general, in my opinion. But yeah, it's the those movements like that just should not exist. Yeah. So, did you see the Dubai CrossFit Championships this weekend at all? I caught as much of it as I could. I watched like the hustle recap videos and things like that, but I did not actually watch most of them live. Have you? Have you? Did you see the A squats that they were doing? I did, yeah. So yeah. I, I, I thought those were kind of interesting. I thought they were like super dangerous, especially with like holding dumbbells on the shoulders. So what, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I would agree with you. I think creativity has a point where it should end. Like I think we could have all the athletes just do front squats and get the same thing out of it rather than – throw dynamic movement at them, which could end up hurting a lot of people when you can get the same stimulus out of a much safer movement. <clears throat> I mean, it looks cool, but like at what cost, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it's yeah. almost, it's almost like the Florida grid league that they have, like they doing these like crazy movements. Oh my gosh. Don't even get me started on grid league. That is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. I will be so outspoken on that. I cannot stand some of the stuff they do. I, I've interviewed a couple of the athletes, and they're 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 awesome. Like I I, I like them, but like some of the movements they're incredible. Yeah, they're like incredible some, athletes. Some of the movements I've seen, it's just like there was one. It was a hang hang clean thruster kind of deal. So like they caught it, and he did a thruster, then dropped it, and hang, did a hang clean and to catch it, and then back to a thruster, and it was like super fast. And I was like, how? I mean, it, this is very, you know, out of the ordinary, you know, something that new out of the bag, but it's just like, is it really worth it? No. Yeah. The answer is that it's not. And that is so bad for your shoulders is unbelievable. And the movements like where they do the, the toe to bar chest to bar yes. in the same kip swing. Why? Like why, why is that necessary? Just do chest to bar or just do bar muscle ups. Like there's, it's just, it's such a risk for, for nothing, for nothing. Cause I, in my opinion, it doesn't even look cool. It looks silly. Like, <laughs> you know, I think the point is to make it look really cool, but I just don't, I don't know. I don't see it. Yeah. And, I, and I've talked to other like former, like when the grid league did come out, other athletes at CrossFit athletes, and it's like, they absolutely got wrecked during the grid yeah. league and then, you know, training for CrossFit. This was like in the early stages. So I, I can't imagine, like, some of those people actually made it to the games as on like teams and stuff like that. And I'm like, how's your body feel after that? It's gotta be wrecked. And I, it has to decrease your longevity in the sport. I mean, it, there's no way around that. Mm -hmm. So speak about longevity. Do you see like a lot of more athletes like lasting longer throughout like the, like in their careers since like learning all these new um, and everything? I, I would say, yeah. Um, I, I, my, the way I look at it, like we've had, kind of like two generations of CrossFitters at this point. You have like the the Rich Froning, Chris Spieler, Matt Chan, Jason Kalipa. There's like that generation. And then I think that the guys that followed them, like Frazier, Vellner, Olsen, Sager, those guys, I think they are outlasting the generation before. I mean, those guys, it looks like they're going to go into early 30s. Like I think Vellner is like, 32 yep. maybe now and i would see him going a year or two more same with like noah olsen cole sager like i don't think they're done yet and i think they'll go for a few more years and they appear to be healthier than the guys 
for the generation before them when they left. Cause I think those guys were like almost pushing 30, not even quite 30 when they all kind of decided to step away from the individual side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know exactly why that is. I don't think there's been a huge shift in programming. I honestly think everything has gotten harder, but I do think there's been more of an emphasis on like physical therapy side of things. Like, you don't have to just beat yourself into the ground every single day in order to do massive amounts of volume, like do a lot of volume, but also within that you have to incorporate like rehabilitative exercises and things like that. Yeah. And I, I do think that's, what's making a difference right now. Very cool. Yeah. Cause I, I remember watching a phrase, uh, Matt, Matt Fraser video and like on his rest day, he was pretty much just roll foam rolling or using a ball massage. Like, eight for eight hours yeah and it's like you know they of course those guys in the beginning they would never do that they would just like throw themselves against the wall and just keep on doing it yeah they keep doing it like rest day would not be rest day it'd be go easy six mile run it's like that okay <laughs> that's not that's not active recovery i mean yeah this is very different yeah very cool so are you looking to with your physical therapy are you looking to help out other athletes as well or yeah for sure i mean when I started actually practicing, I would love to tailor everything towards the CrossFit population as much as possible. Um, and I just, I really love just the actual profession itself. And if I can help out high level athletes, even while I'm still competing, I mean, I think that would be awesome. You know, just to get that kind of respect from high level athletes would be awesome. Um, I have a feeling I will probably be done with CrossFit by that point, you know, without before like building a name for myself. I mean, I would say I've got myself four more years of a mucky. You know, I'm 26, and at this point, if the games and stuff don't happen, it would be a, st- a struggle to still spend as much time training and stuff while trying to build a business and things like that. So, I think by the point that I can really help the high level athletes, I'll probably be done with CrossFit, but. If that time comes sooner, I mean, I, I would have no problem helping my competitors get healthier. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, are you looking to do, like, obviously that's a long time in front of you, but, like, possibly Masters, you know? I guess for me competing? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying that's, I, like, that's, like, way, in, way, way, way yeah. in advance. So I wouldn't have to be too worried about that, so. No, I, I will probably not ever do that. I don't see myself being 35 and – wanting to train at a high enough intensity to, to do masters. Yeah. Obviously I was still CrossFit will be a part of my life and I love working out. So that'll still happen, but masters athletes do just as much as the normal individuals do just without the glory, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. And no fans either. And, and no fans, which <laughs> I don't, yeah, the appeal is it's not there for me. <laughs> Actually, I asked somebody like, "Why do you don't you think that like masters should, like masters should get as enough as like as many fans as they should the elite athletes?" But then like you saying, "Yeah, but like they're not doing the crazy heavy weights that like the elites are doing." So what's the appeal to it? It's like they're doing the same stuff that they could do at a normal gym compared to these guys like deadlifting four hundred five for like reps of twenty. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just it's really hard to get media attention or crowd attention to it when they're doing all the same things, just not at the same weights or just not. Yeah. The implements are not as crazy or cool or fun to watch. It's just, it's hard enough to get massive crowds to watch our, just our own individuals. You know, we don't have millions of people watching yet. So to have a big crowd, go watch people that are doing less. It's just not, it's not there. (laughs) Hopefully one day. I mean, I'm not going to say it's impossible, but it just, yeah. At this time, it's just not, it's, it's not going to happen. <laughs> I hear you, I hear you. So um, I wanted to talk to you about your tattoos as well, because obviously you have yeah. that one going up your leg saying believe, like what, what made you get that? Believe is always just growing up. I can't, there's no reason for it. It just, just been a word that has always meant a lot to me. Um you know, with soccer and then transitioning to CrossFit, it's just, it's always represented just like fighting for more, mm-hmm. you know, like believing you can do things that you don't necessarily think are possible or that others don't think are possible. And it, I think I got it actually during the transition from soccer to CrossFit. 
and you know it didn't didn't represent like believe you can go to the games or believe in like anything like that it was just kind of like a commitment to trying to be better you know that's that's kind of what it is for me i like it and i saw that you had one on your uh, the back of your arm so what, what was that one so i've got that one if you can see it that's the deathly hollow symbol from harry potter okay huge harry potter fan <laughs> i've got a little barbell nice like figure thing on my arm that was my trophy that I got for myself when I made it to regionals for the first time. Cause I'd always wanted like a little barbell tattoo. And I was like, I need, needs to be some reason for it. I can't just go get one. Mm-hmm. So my excuse was that's my trophy. And then I've got a tiny little smiley face on my left wrist. Which I don't know. If... Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Very little. You see that? Yeah. It's there. I used to draw smiley faces on myself growing up all the time. So I just wanted another excuse to get a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have, a pair of pink sunglasses on my left ribs. My grandpa used to wear them growing up while I was growing up. <clears throat> I thought it was the coolest thing ever. So when he passed away, I got those as a tribute to him. Very cool. And are you looking to get any more at all? Or I would love to, but you know, financially they are expensive. Yeah. So at this point, um, I'm pushing them off until you know I actually have a job and can can do that. <laughs> But I don't even really know what they would be at this point either. So, but yeah, there will probably be more. Yeah, I'm 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 always like, I've always thought about getting one, and like now being like 42, it's just like, uh, is it really is it really worth it? Because you know, because yeah. like I, I really want. I, I was thinking like maybe like on my arm, get like a silhouette of like my two kids. Um, or, or That'd like, be cool. Yeah, and then like uh, another one on this side, like my like the Type One Lifting logo that I have like on my, yeah, yeah. On my arm. And then like, another thing is like, no one know like no one really knows other than me talking about it, that I'm a diabetic. So like, if I, you know, God forbid, knock on wood, like keel over, like when nobody's around, no one's going to know that I'm a diabetic. So, cause I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't do any warning. I don't have any like bracelets or anything like that saying that I am. So I was thinking maybe getting like a, you know, a diabetic or type one diabetic or something there. But, you know, I talked to my wife. That's a great idea. Yeah. And she, well, my wife's like, but you're making the, the disease like part of you and it, and it shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, there's validity to that statement, you know, and don't, you know, like don't let it define you. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like you said, like, God forbid, you know, something does happen. Like you would be rescued a whole lot quicker if they knew. You know? that, is, that is true. Yeah. yeah. I, I may consider doing that. So um, we're, we're getting close to the end. So I have a yeah. couple questions to ask you. So obviously we knocked out the t- tattoos thing. So um, <laughs> obviously you got school and all that stuff going on. So what, what are your goals um, that you want to hit for 2022? 2022. Actually graduate. <laughs> it's not, not a lofty goal. I'm pretty sure that's going to happen. Um, Qualify for the games. That's a big one. Top 10 of Wadapalooza. Actually start building my own independent, like, cash-based practice. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. Even if I'm working for a company, still making sure that I actually begin that business. Get married. I was going to ask. <laughs> that's going to say one. that one, so. Um, I mean, those that's the big stuff, man. We continue to build relationships with friends and family. That's important too, but the big ones are continue to do well in competition and start my business and get married, man. Nice. It's weird to say that, but it's happening. Yeah. And it's when, when I got married, like the next day, it just, it kind of feels the same, but like, then you have that ring on your finger and it's just like okay, like we're, we're together officially, which is, which is a yeah. thing. But it then like you think about it, it's like, you're like, we're kind of doing the same thing anyway. So <laughs> yeah, it's like really nothing changed, but yeah. and then like, when now the giblets pop out, yeah, when the giblets pop out, that's like a whole new game, game change. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it was interesting. Like even with, even when we were playing on having our second one, I was like, well, I'm pretty cool with one. one's great yeah because i didn't know what to expect and then like the second one came and i'm glad i'm glad we had a second one but it's like just my main thing is like 
I didn't want to be a 40 year old new dad. And so she's three. So, yeah. she, so I was like, you know, we're sticking with two. I don't, I don't want anymore. So, I mean, I'm, I'm happy, the, happy, happy the way it went. Good. Good. That's great. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a ride. So like, you know, yeah, I, I, I literally cannot imagine. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> the oldest one's a boy and the youngest one's a girl. And like the oldest one is exactly like me. And then the youngest one is exactly like my wife. She's not a morning person. She hates getting up and she's just like, like, she's just miserable waking up. She's like, I just want to lay down and go back to bed, you know, kind of deal. She's like, yeah. she's like don't like leave me alone. And then my Bennett, like some Bennett's like just jumping on top of her. It's just like, no, Bennett, you gotta like leave her alone. Like it's, it's just <laughs> not like you. So just, you know, yeah. so. but it's cool seeing all those like little personalities and them growing and stuff like that. So, I mean, whenever yeah. you guys have kids, you'll, you'll, You'll be like, damn, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure I will. So, um, I know you said you're a Harry Potter fan. So, do you have any other books that you'd like to read or give out to give out the gifts to your friends at all? Oh man, I am not big into like the the habit books or the mindset books. I don't really read a whole lot of those. My reading is primarily just like harry potter or stephen king books like i love that stuff um so when i do give books or reads it's usually that stuff you know like non-productive things <laughs> um what i have been listening to lately is will smith's new book i don't know if you've okay. listened to that that's, he's got a lot of cool like mindset stuff and like habit <clears throat> forming things in that book and just like it's cool just just like a good understanding of life book mm-hmm. uh, i would recommend that to anyone right now that's one that I'm, I'm getting through yeah I, I wanted to that's one book i want to get to but matthew mcconaughey's book came out a little while oh ago. I, I i read that one too that one's great yeah i really want to read that one so i bought this i recently bought this one it's a rick the rick ross book boss up oh nice so it's like talking about him like during the pandemic and stuff like that and how he like managed to like, you know, just cause like his, his main source of income is like doing concerts, meetups and like all that kind of stuff. And like it just went yeah. out the window. So he just like talks about how he manages to still make money and like still like do his thing while, you know, being stuck at home pretty much. Interesting. Yeah. I may, I may have to give that a read. That sounds cool. Yeah. I saw, I saw it at Barnes and Noble. I was getting my, uh, my coworker, he just had a kid. It says, wake the, uh, no, go the fuck to sleep. Part of my French. It's like a humor book. It's a children's <laughs> book. It's a humor book. And um, I saw that and I was like, all right, I'll give you that a whirl. Nice. That sounds funny. Yeah. If, if you have the chance, if um, if you have Audible, you should listen to go the fuck to sleep because Samuel L. Jackson does the, does the reading. He's oh, seriously? Yeah. It's hilarious. It's so funny. Definitely got okay. Listen. Yeah, I'll do that. And, and it's not that long. It's probably it's probably like a twelve page book, and it's just like him just reading it. It's yeah, it'll be it'll be quick. You'll you'll get a kick out of it. All right, I'll I'll listen to it. All right, very cool. And uh, so um, what? Let's just say, you know, you're done with CrossFit. You know, physical therapy. You know, you know everything. So how do you want like how do you want people to you know know you as? I went deep there. Good question. Yeah. That's a good question. You know, something I've been thinking about a lot over the past year is like finding my why. And I have not come to a conclusive answer. You know, it's still kind of in the works. And like something that has always been important to me is like just inspiring people to try and achieve more. Um, you know, so if my legacy can be just people remember me as someone who continued to work hard, even when the odds weren't in their favor, um, I think that would be awesome. Just inspiring people to continue to push, even if it, the outlook looks bleak. Um, I think that would be great. Yeah. I mean, and you're still 26, so you got, yeah. you got time. I think I've got, I've got some time. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think my why is like, I, I, well, I mean, for me, is like podcasting, you know, talking to people and, you know, and just talking about diabetes and stuff. So, I mean, you, you have plenty of time to, to think about it. So don't, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what do you got in your gym bag? 
my gym bag. Oh, this is, I mean, it's kind of a boring answer, but my gym bag has my belt, my Metcons, no blue lifters, like 10,000 headbands, <laughs> some wrist sweatbands, a lacrosse ball, and then tape. Okay. That's pretty much it. I'm trying to think if there's anything fun in there. Oh, it's also got, from when I went to London, I have a couple of like dollar pounds in there that I have never taken out. Okay. But that's that's my probably only fun thing that I have left in there. That's cool. That's cool. So um, what would you tell somebody that's new to the CrossFit space? Like what to expect to, you know, make it to regionals, like make it to an actual like, you know, professional competition? I would say you have a very low trajectory towards a very high distant horizon and it only gets harder, the better you get. So make sure you love what you're doing because it's not going to be easy. I think that's the biggest thing. I think people that have very high ambition getting into the sport, I mean, like myself, it's, you think it's going to come quick and it's, it does not. It just gets harder, especially every year as everyone gets better. You know, the standard of making it to the games is higher every year as you try and get better. So it's just, it's, it's going to be a long road. Yeah. I mean, even the money wise is getting better and better too. So mm -hmm. that's true. Yeah. Very cool. So um, where can people reach out to you if they have any questions about like, you know, mm -hmm. PT, you know, go doing CrossFit, you know, maybe finding your why, you know, where, where can they reach out? Yeah. Uh, my Instagram is D underscore Wayman, and that would be the best spot. I mean, I'm happy to answer literally any question under the sun. So I would, I'd be happy to, to talk with anyone. Very cool. All right, well, thank you for, you know, taking the time to, you know, talk to me and talk about your experience in the CrossFit space and in the PT world. And, you know, I'd love to have you back on like the end of the year and, you know, see how everything else is going. Maybe like, you know, we could talk about wedding stuff. Yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to. All right. Have a good one. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me on.